Hlu, Kai Hlu, Hedran Hlu. To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Todd Perry, and I'm here with the great Dr. Carl Totten. Good morning, and happy new year. So as as I we were getting ready to do the show today, I came in here in quite a huff because I was late due to car troubles, uh, my own poor planning, um, a whole bunch of different things, and uh, I was running late to the show, and I'm driving up the, the, the street to, to come to the, the wonderful studio we have here, and I was supposed to be here at 10... And it was like 10.50, and I'm late. And uh, then suddenly as I'm late, my phone rings in the car, and I get a, a, a call from uh, uh, the Pacific Northwest. And who should it be but uh, Benjamin Hoff, the author of Tao of Pooh, uh, calling me about a message I left him. And, and the funny thing was, is Dr. Carl and I related to, is we oft, often talk about on this show how things that at first seemed to be unfortunate, me being late, having to deal with car troubles and having a, a screwed up coffee order, <laughs> definite, all first world problems. Um, but then if I hadn't had those things and I wouldn't have been late, we would have been recording and my phone would have been off and I wouldn't have got the call from Benjamin Hoff to then relay information to our listeners. <laughs> so what seemed unfortunate became fortunate. Um, so what people may not know is, I guess, a while back we talked about uh, the Tao of Pooh and Benjamin Hoff, the author of that, and the Day of Piglet, yes. and the fact that um, Benjamin Hoff is working on a new book with a revolutionary translation of the Tao Te Ching, and he's kind of drilled down who he thinks actually wrote it. Mm. And it's a very interesting piece, and I talked to him for a very long time about it, uh, about six months ago, and so... Uh, he had written on his website that he is uh, no longer working on it, and then he had stopped the project uh, a while back. And then people actually emailed me saying, I saw that I got interested in it, I went to his website, and now I hear it's not happening. And, you know, Mr. Hoff doesn't really communicate with the rest of the world very much. <laughs> so I called him back on it, and I got to talk to him today. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm working on it, actually, and things are all systems go, and I'm excited about it. And once... It's ready. I'm going to come on the show. So for those of you who are worried that this great piece that we talked about wasn't going to happen, I got word. I, I don't want to, you know, private conversations with somebody. I don't want to divulge too much, but I think he'd be not have a problem with us saying the, 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 the book is on and uh, hopefully we'll be coming Excellent. out at some point and we'll have him on the show when that time is ready. Far out. Any uh, timelines uh, in general this year, next year? Well, you know, it's a Taoist piece of work. Dr. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. <laughs> so when it's ready. It'll be done when it's done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but then it's not undone at this point because nothing, 
that's not done is never undone, right? <laughs> or something like that. Something along those lines. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening to us. Um, on today's show, we're going to talk about a very important concept in the Tao known as balance. Hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about chapter 23 of the Tao Te Ching. And uh, before we get too deep into that, real quick, just a little bit of uh, housekeeping here. Uh, we're on Google Play now. So if you use, I, I, I'm not familiar with the Google phone world, but I guess tons of people listen to podcasts on Google Play. If that's more convenient to you, uh, go over there. We're on there. Uh, also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anything, leave us a, re- leave us a review on there. It does good for our rankings because we are like the number 14th ranked podcast on Buddhism. No. <laughs> on Buddha, because there's no Taoism. <laughs> that makes us number one on Taoism. <laughs> That's true. Now, 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 the thing is, there should, as a Taoist, I believe there should be no category for Taoism. It shouldn't even exist. It's, we're a decentralized people. Uh, and then also, uh, at What's This Dao is our Twitter feed. Um, we've, we've, I've decided to up our Twitter game. So every couple of days we have quotes from the show and graphics, and uh, it's a nice thing for people to share and to get word out there about the show. You know, it, it is nice to promote it. Um, and also, I want to thank listener Jennifer. Um, I was looking for quotes to put on the thing, uh, put on our Twitter page, and I just didn't quite have enough time. And uh, and we have all these transcripts of our shows in the what's this the secret what's this style all about archives. And I gave her all of that, and she sifted through it and found like the best kind of quotes um, from the show, and we post them on the Twitter page. So at uh, What's This Dow on the Twitter. And so now that all the housekeeping is done, let's get on to the show. So we were a, a big concept, obviously, in Taoism is balance, mm-hmm. um, and and I guess one of the major things, obviously, yin and yang. To, to simplify the idea of the yin and yang is to show the kind of harmony and balance in the world in the way opposing factors both create, both take from and give to one another, right? It's a yes. very, real high-end way of looking at it. Um, Dr. Carl has uh, some thoughts on balance. I'm going to start with um, the great Lao Tzu and get his thoughts, and then we can dovetail into a, a deeper discussion on balance. But I guess you always got to start with the the one <laughs> As James Brown would say, to get to the source here with uh, what Lao Tzu says. That's right, source. And the, some of the things he says is, The great way is easy, yet people prefer the side paths. Be aware when things are out of balance, stay centered with the Tao. As it acts in this world, the Tao is like the bending of a bow. The top is bent downward. The bottom is bent up. It adjusts excess and deficiency so that there is perfect balance. When you stand with your two feet on the ground, you will always keep your balance. Stay centered with the Tao. When rich spectators prosper while farmers lose their land, when government officials spend money on weapons instead of cures, When the upper class is extravagant and irresponsible while the poor have nowhere to turn, all this is robbery and chaos. It is not keeping with the Tao. Mm -hmm. And if you happen to live in the United States of America or on planet Earth, uh, it shows how the world has not changed since the days of Lao Tzu. 
No, not terribly much. No. Um, it is hard to keep your balance standing tiptoe, which I believe later we're going to get to in a future show, which is a bit of a knock on arrogance. Mm-hmm. Um, neck, and finally, uh, he who holds balance has attained the highest post in the world. Mm. Now, interesting in a weird way that one would think that achieving balance, the highest post in the world would be a balanced person. And that seems odd because the highest post in the world doesn't seem like not being at one extreme or the other if it's the highest, right? Or it doesn't even seem the most desirable place in the world because almost the world of balance almost seems like a world of no movement, a world that is boring, but I'm sure that when we get to the truth of it, that that's not really where it is. You know, it's like that uh, old saw about uh, depends on what uh, is is. <laughs> All right. Depends on what high, what's high. <laughs> yeah. You know, what does one call high? <laughs> yeah. With the old the old saying. Uh, Two guys are on acid, and one guy says, I'm at one with the universe. And the next guy says, is that on a scale of one to ten? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, so balance, again, as you have correctly surmised, uh, balance is a large topic within Taoism and is spoken of all the time. But it can easily be, I think, um, uh, underappreciated or misinterpreted or misunderstood also. Yeah. Mm. Like so many things yeah. <laughs> in this world. Uh, of course, many are aware of the topic of balance from learning about uh, the yeah, precepts of yin and yang, as you, you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, which is really not so much opposing forces necessarily, but more of the dynamic interplay of universal forces and energies in nature. Uh, now, of course, it's observed that we experience you know, obviously, night and day, hot and cold, dark and light, and so on. But, again, it's the dynamic interplay of these forces or concepts that are important and that allow us to achieve balance. Uh Um, Prolonged immersion in the extremes is not uh, helpful often and is problematic. For example, extreme temperatures... Uh, at either end can be devastating right. if you're exposed to uh, either for prolonged periods of time, you know, hot and cold, right? You can burn up in the desert or freeze at the North Pole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yet, in nature, uh, there is a place for extreme temperatures and there's a place for extreme cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we didn't have um, uh, you know, the heat, you know, to... Uh, and a lot of that heat is actually some in some cases coming up from the center of the earth, mm-hmm. right? Volcanic forces, uh, and that allows the surface temperature to normalize and regulate in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the other hand, you know, we have extreme cold, which has created things like glaciers, mm-hmm. right? which has also done a lot over the years to regulate. The, our conditions here on planet Earth, of course, now with global climate change and warming and so on, a lot of that is being threatened. Right, <laughs> right. And we're, and we're seeing the folly of moving out of what's natural. Because in some cases, being at the extreme is natural in, in those cases. Yeah. But in other cases, 
like our daily lives, it typically is not. <laughs> well, it's, you know, the other day I saw this uh, really moving picture, and it was of a, a polar bear. Mm. And about how because now the the, the ice melt like the, the amount of time that the Arctic is completely frozen mm-hmm. it has been shortened by about seven weeks. Right. right. So now that seven week change means that the uh, polar the, the, the polar bears that would live on these kind of chunks of ice and would use them for transportation and would, would hunt from them and mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. now have seven weeks less to get their blubber to get out there on the ice and, and, and feed on the seals and all this stuff. And so that now you're having towards the end of um, certain times of the year, they, their blubber is gone and they're dissipated and they're dying off because of this slight change in, in global temperature. Mm-hmm. And it shows how, again, how the, the current state of animals and everything we have you know, exists because of this basic balance. And when you throw it off, it affects we'll the entire, find a new balance, which I don't know. It, it, it affects the entire ecosystem. Yeah, and in the over a, a long period of time, who knows right. what that's going to do? Remember, it's taken hundreds of thousands, millions of years, you know, to get to the dynamic balance that we have now. Yeah, and then now through our own uh, intercession, uh, often uh, fueled by greed, uh, those conditions that were stable for you know several million years, are no longer stable. Yeah. And what's going to be the result of that? Hmm. Mm. We shall see. <laughs> now, now, this seems like kind of a nihilistic <laughs> thought, but a thought nonetheless. What if... This is, it sounds terrible for me saying this, but I'll just say it anyway. What if the new balance is better? You know what I'm saying? Like, like what if there's like, you know, the Earth goes like three degrees uh, warmer... There's catastrophic things happen. There's much death and everything like that. But like a thousand years down the line, like certain predators are now gone that we don't have to worry about. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, certain, a, such as mankind. <laughs> yes. No, seriously. I mean, that could. I, I mean, you see, there, there's what's good for the earth. And then there's what's good for mankind and various subspecies on the earth. Right. And those may not be always the same. Yeah. Uh, and so over the long, you see, Mother Earth over the long haul, you know, she's been around for, you know, hundreds, millions of years, maybe hundreds of hundreds of millions of years. Yeah. And, and we've been here a much shorter period of time. Yeah. And as we know, we do know there have been several mass extinction events, at least six that I know of, over time that they can kind of measure. Yeah. And uh, so what does the future hold? Oh, no. if, if we don't attend to see, see nature w- without us here uh, has perfect balance automatically. Right. Uh, Mother Nature doesn't have to worry about balancing uh, it herself itself. It happens because Mother Nature is in touch fully with the Tao at all times right. and doesn't have to worry about that. We, however, who <laughs> struggle with trying to be in harmony with the Tao, you know, we, we can throw a monkey wrench into the process oh, and yeah. cause things to radically shift in ways that in the big picture are not natural. Right. See, and that's our dilemma right now. And again, it's not that extremes necessarily are not uh, helpful or useful. For example, we need extreme heat in order to melt 
steel or concrete for construction right. projects. We need extreme cold if we want to say freeze hydrogen for some scientific purposes. And so it's, it's really not so much that extremes necessarily all the time are inappropriate. It's a matter of wu-wei, effortless action. What, what is the most appropriate for the given task at hand to accomplish what's necessary mm. in order for growth, creativity, life, essentially? Right, right. Uh, and that, of course, can change from period to period, from project to project, from people to people, from culture to culture, and so on. It's not, it's the, there is no fixed center. Mm. There's a moving center. Yes. And it moves as is appropriate to the moment in time. And that's always shifting. And balance is knowing how to interact with the moving exactly. center versus trying to oppose will exactly. on the moving center. Balance requires access to the precise set of conditions necessary for the particular circumstances. Wu Wei. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Effortless action. So it's almost like Wu Wei is the way of, again, countering the moving center or creating balance. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of our... It's our way of internally creating balance with mm-hmm. the external world to then, and, and if we do that en masse, there will be probably a more fortunate uh, situation. Right. It's as if Wu Wei is our uh, capacity to act in concert with that shifting center. Right. Yeah. And, and which, of course, is shifting with time. Mm. And because that's, of course, is the, you know, the true constant is time. Right. Time continuously shifts. However, of course, as the Taoists have pointed out, the uh, over time these factors, these forces tend to shift with some uh, recognizable patterns. Right, the most the one, that, of course, we're really familiar with, of course, are the seasons of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, the winter is very different than the spring, which is very different than the summer, which is very different than the winter. But yet, every year, like clockwork. We used to, we always have a winter and a spring and a summer and a fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, there can be shifts within each one, and there are every year, but that pattern is recognizable. And wisdom, and from a Taoist perspective, is being able to recognize those patterns, harmonize ourselves with those patterns, so that we achieve that effortless harmony, that effortless action, right. in harmony with our own inner nature, in harmony with the great Tao. Right now, uh, right now, it's thing that my my wife wanted us in the new year to get on this diet, and it's called like a whole thirty diet, where you you know you you get you don't eat dairy and you don't eat carbohydrates and you don't eat sugars and you don't have alcohol and you don't have you know all these different things and and then and. and you're going to be so healthy, you're going to be obnoxious. It's, I know. I'm going to start telling everybody how to live, which I do not want to do. But so, and the, my first, my gut reaction was that as somebody who is, you know, big time into Taoist philosophy and knows that extremes are what I should avoid, as in extreme diets. Like I've always found before, if I want to lose weight, I just kind of, you know, I limit over a long period of time, mm-hmm. I limit certain things and everything comes fine. I don't have to throw everything out of whack. Mm-hmm. And But then it was an interesting thing is someone was telling me, they go, no, 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 no. If you do this correctly, the point in doing it is to find balance. And I said, what? He goes, well, yeah, through the extreme you find balance because you eliminate all these things 
And then when you slowly <laughs> reintroduce them into your system, when you're done with the diet, you find that you, you kind of refigure out your own harmony. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I can have this amount of this. I can have this amount of alcohol. I can have this amount of dairy or you know, mm-hmm. apple pie or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's the point of the reintroduction that you rebalance. So it's almost, you're going to an extreme to find the balance versus just doing something extreme that you're not going to keep up with mm-hmm. that then you're going to overeat when you come back mm-hmm. on the other end. Mm-hmm. So then, then I thought, okay, this is a good idea because I'm finding balance through the extreme, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I know it does. If not, it's just extreme behavior, which will lead to <laughs> folly, right? You yeah. know. In fact, it requires an intimate knowledge of one's true nature a subject of course to change you know within the human body we have temperature regulation as well as all sorts of metabolic functioning that requires adaptation and change for survival mm-hmm. but within certain parameters you know there's a zone of health you know for, uh, within all of our uh, organic uh, physical physiological functioning yeah you know if you get past a certain temperature you're in trouble if mm-hmm. you get underneath a certain temperature you're in trouble right um uh, metabolism uh happens continuously all the time but within a range right within a range and again it's slightly different from person to person sometimes even from people to people culture to culture but within that group it still uh finds its own balance Right. And and if you get outside of that balance, too extreme for too prolonged period of time, then that's when trouble usually occurs. Um, for and also we even have um, uh, as human beings, I'm sure we are all aware of things like pain. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes pain unless mm-hmm. you're really strange. Yeah, <laughs> and we have strange people here on planet Earth yes. who are into pain. But pain is the body's signal that there's something out of balance. Right. that you need to address and get some medication, do some therapy, do some, uh, you know, some, some type of work on yourself to go back and to restore, you know, the normal physiological balance of the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it requires drastic measures, right? Surgery, right? right? There's a, a, a tumor or something in there that's interfering and causing the pain. And other times, it's just a matter of maybe changing your diet and your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, and you can more easily uh, shift so that you move into that woo way, that natural, uh, unforced balance. Yeah. So that your life begins to work and you feel better about yourself. You feel more enriched. You feel more creative. You feel like you have more energy to find and activate your purpose in life. And you are in harmony with the Tao, and all is well. Right. You know? But it takes, it, it takes a degree of self-knowing, which requires self-observation, in order to pull that off. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is where the, the core Taoist practice of meditation is so important. Uh, think about human affairs and relationships and life. <laughs> and... If a, I'm sure you've seen people who have very little self-awareness mm-hmm. and self-knowledge. And as a result, what do they do? They keep making the same mistakes over and over and over. I'm sure you've seen people that have even great capacity, great skills. Talk about at the extremes. Yeah. But you see them squander it and waste it right? by not realizing or not expressing that which actually comes quite natural to them, but they let other things in their life or in their relationships or in their own heads interfere with what to anyone else 
you know, observer from the outside is obvious. But yet to the person themselves, the person who actually has the skill, the ability, the talent, which clearly is resonating with them, but for some reason, they have these obstacles, these blocks in the way that keep them from fulfilling their own path. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we look at persons like that and, you know, with regret. And in fact, many of these same individuals later in life, you know, when they're kind of like on their deathbed, uh, they will tell you that that is, in fact, their biggest regret, mm-hmm. that they did not, it wasn't so much what they did, it's what they didn't do. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the roadblocks <laughs> they never broke down in order to get to that. Right. I mean, talents and skills that they obviously had, but they just let it go. Yeah, And, and I guess it's, it's, it's a complicated thing to, 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 in one easy step, say, okay, how do you get, if if you if if somebody feels blocked, how do you get past that? Um. Well, as a Taoist priest, kind of spiritual healer and counselor and clinical psychologist, of course, that's my job. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> that's what I frequently have to do all the time is help yeah. people really fulfill their 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 path, mm-hmm. you know, their purpose in life, and get them in balance, and so that they can. So, so that, that so that what is within them becomes uh, easily expressed in the external world. Mm-hmm. You know, again, this thing about you know, as within, so without. Yeah. You know, so there's that. Now that's 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 really Wu Wei. You know, effortless action because one is merely fulfilling one's own inner purpose, but by clearing the obstacles that would otherwise not allow it to manifest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's called wisdom. Yes, <laughs> that's called wisdom. Uh, let's see here. So um, let's get on to chapter twenty-three. Oh, do you have any more, uh, Doctor Carl, on on that? Oh or? well, we could go on with that forever. But actually, chapter twenty-three is yes, appropriate. And uh, you chose this uh, because it has to do with uh, balance, correct? Yes. Probably every chapter in the Tao Te Ching has to do with balance at some level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, chapter 23. To talk little is natural. High winds do not last all morning. Heavy rain does not last all day. Why is this? Heaven and earth. If heaven and earth cannot make things eternal, how is it possible for man? He who follows the Tao is at one with the Tao. He who is virtuous experiences experiences virtue. He who loses the way is lost. When you are one with the Tao, the Tao welcomes you. When you are at one with virtue, the virtue is always there. When you are at one with loss, the loss is experienced willingly. He who does not trust enough will not be trusted. Hmm. It, I'm looking here. I have it on my phone. I have my Dao Te Ching app. By the way, Dao Te Ching app is the greatest thing. It's like twenty-three <laughs> different translations of each thing. Um, when we 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 talk, we we start in the beginnings. It's like to, to talk little is natural, and I found that not just like you know, like in, anything in the Dao Te Ching. The more you think about it, the more it unrolls and unrolls mm-hmm. and unrolls and unrolls. Yes. And it, you know, first step, maybe the first time I ever read <laughs> it, I think about you know. 
uh, don't be a blowhard. And the guy who's always <laughs> talking too much and pontificating is just trying to hear himself talk. And mm-hmm. it's a, being egotistical. Yes. And the simple person who's actually wise says very little, you know. But then I thought also extrapolating on that, um, the, there's such power in brevity. Um, and that, that simple things can express large truths and the true masters of kind of creativity and art and public speaking and just great communicators mm-hmm. can say big things in a very simple way. Yes. And it's like, I guess, uh, the great Hunter S. Thompson, which we reference always says <laughs> that like, I think he said, never a wasted word mm-hmm. is what is like the key to writing. And I always think about this. I'll look at a sentence. I go, what can I pull out of this to get to the truth? Right. And the core. Yeah, and it was the other day that was um, somebody was somebody was breaking down. Well, what was it? Get him talking about Star Wars on the show, but it was like, <laughs> why is the movie Star Wars so well written and well done? Is at the beginning of the movie, you see, you know, you have the opening crawl, mm-hmm. and then you see the little spaceship, and then you see the huge spaceship. Yes. All you need to know. <laughs> There's no great like explanation about what the empire is doing or all that. It's like, here's the little ship. Here's the huge ship. All you need yeah. to know about the story. Yeah. There it is. Got it. <laughs> yeah. And like you look at great writing and it's, um, and there's a lots of moments where people don't need to say how they're feeling. They mm-hmm. just give each other a hug mm-hmm. or they give each other a look. And yes. you don't yes. need to override it. You don't need to overstate it. You know, and sometimes when someone's dealing with something difficult, and there really isn't words for it. And sometimes a small gesture or whatever can say... Volumes. 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 You know you know the famous uh, uh, martial artist Bruce Lee? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows about him. Yes. He a said, Taoist. Yeah, oh, yeah. He studied uh, Chinese philosophy. Uh, absolutely. And he wrote his, his famous book, The Tao of Jeet Kune Do, mm. his famous classic work. Mm. Has the word right there, the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, yeah. you know, the martial art that he uh, formulated. Anyway, he was saying that in martial arts, he said it's, it's like a sculpture, a person, a person who does sculpture work. You aren't just adding, adding, adding like, like a sculptor, adding clay more and more and more and more and more. No, the sculptor is removing the excess clay until he or she gets to the essence of their creation. Right. It's, and then it's revealed, you know, by, take, by uh, losing, by letting go, by removing things until in its fullness it exposes itself. Right, you know? right, yeah. And then, that, yeah, that's all. You, and what's the, the and old that's s- something he, he took right from the Tao Te Ching, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> or the old, was it, I don't know, it was Picasso or somebody, and it was like the, the you know, the, the art of sculpture, um, so, you know, how do you know when you're done? It's like, you know, I just remove things till what's in it is expressed. Yes. You know? Same thing. Absolutely. Or like there's a, there's a, in studying kind of writing, there's a great <laughs> opening. There's another George Lucas reference, uh, the movie American Graffiti, mm. which I love. Amazing. You know, I saw, I was watching that last night. Oh, yeah. ha! oh about really? timing. Yes. Just last night. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> it's such a, it's Star Wars gets up, but American Graffiti is such a wonderful movie. George Lucas too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's at the beginning of the film, it's so great because they're, they're at the diner. And all the main characters are at the diner in the beginning. There's a couple lines of dialogue, and you know everything. Everything. You know, the hot rod guy comes up in the hot rod and says, man, you know this town. And everybody, it's, and then they meet together at the end of the film. But 
instead of you could have followed one character for 10 minutes and you go, now I know this guy. Another <laughs> character for 10 minutes. No. You put them all in the room. <laughs> boom. Three lines of dialogue. The story kicks off. You know exactly what's happening. Yeah. Fabulous. And Absolutely it's that brevity fabulous. that yeah. is incredible. That's what you call great writing. Yeah. So, wow, all that just on the first sentence here. Yeah. Uh, then the, the next part reminds me of the song All Things Must Pass by George Harrison. Mm, the sunlight doesn't it. rise all morning. The star doesn't last all day. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just thinking about that. Um, That's why I, I really think that the, the chapter 23 really illuminates a lot about the nature of balance. Mm -hmm. You know, that first section about, you know, besides the, the bit about talking, you know, where he's saying, you know, about high winds and heavy rains not lasting too long, mm -hmm. uh, which suggests that extremes, which continue for too long, are out of balance, and that being aligned with the forces of nature, that is, heaven and earth, is a natural path. That is that that is what is going to naturally occur. You know, the high winds and heavy rain that doesn't last forever and ever. Right. You know, it, it again it goes up, but then it goes back down. Mm -hmm. And in the middle there, you know, we we get what we need. You know, maybe the winds are needed to distribute the seeds around the plains, and right. and the you know the heat obviously is needed to assist with growth. But but then again, you need water uh, also, yeah. and see, and that that forms the perfect matrix for life to flourish. Right. And it's been said, in fact, that the Tao is very much like a field, uh, an uncarved block, right? Mm. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> this field with infinite potential, and everything within the field takes exactly what it needs to grow, mm. whether it's sunlight or wind or water, or bugs, right? Mm -hmm. Moving seeds around, pollinating things. It's perfect. And yet every aspect of that field may be slightly different, but it's absolutely perfect for the needs of the organ of the life that needs to grow in that, in that segment right. and in that way. Right. And, and of course it's influenced by what? The seasons of the year. It's mm -hmm. going to be different in the spring and in the summer and in the fall and in the winter, you know? And every year, it recycles back and starts anew. Right. It returns to the source, which, of course, is the nature of the Tao. Right. Back, back to the one. It's absolutely perfect. And so nature is always moving. It's coming and going, returning to the source or, of balance. And often, patience or waiting is the necessary virtue. Yeah. Right. Uh, the second sections in that chapter is a discussion about attunement with Tao. He talks about virtue and loss and trust. And virtue is seen as not as something to attain, but rather to be something to be experienced. And loss, uh, which is inevitable since all things are impermanent. Remember, he said, if heaven and earth cannot make things eternal, how is it possible for man? Right. <laughs> right? Uh, so this resonates also with some Buddhist ideas, right? The Buddha said the exact same thing, that all things are impermanent. And through over-attachment to that, we suffer. Right. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, kind of the key to much of Buddhist thought as well. Which, which uh, real quick, I was, uh, the other day, cause I, was, I was talking about some, some nights, like one night a week, I'll sit and make extra money, like driving a lift around town. Mm -hmm. And I had a long ride from LAX airport to Irvine, which for mm. people from the L.A. area is about an hour. 
Yeah. Our job was. Oh, Lee, that, that, that's a good fare. <laughs> oh, 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 I was into it. And the company I had was wonderful. It was an older man who was, who, the funny thing, I dropped him off at his house after an hour and he goes, oh, yeah, this is um, um, uh, parking. Uh, this, this is housing for university professors. I find out the guy's a, uh, a psychology professor. Hmm. So Kind of like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so what happened was, as I, I, I was writing and we got onto the topic of, of Taoism and all this, which was kind of nice on a ride, because normally you're making small talk and we start getting into deep spiritual discussions. And the guy asked me, so what's the difference between Buddhism and Taoism? And I said, well, you know, this, you know, this could be a you know, four-hour long discussion, <laughs> but I said, you know, the, one of the basic <laughs> things is that uh, the Taoism, like in Buddhism, it's kind of life in the end is suffering. Right. And in Taoism, it's kind of like, no, life is just kind of neutral. Right. And it's it's up and down and it's kind of finding balance in that, which is different. So, you know, or it's almost joyful in that, um, you know, once you realize that this this world is imbalanced and there's going to be ups and downs, the Taoist knows how to navigate both the shoots and the ladders of life and mm -hmm. smiles about it because mm -hmm. that's what he understands. The The Buddhist is almost kind of almost disappointed <laughs> in the idea that it's all suffering, right? <laughs> Which maybe seems like a... Of course, only, of course, if one is attached. <laughs> correct, correct. If one can let go, then, of course, one finds that balance and becomes more more Taoist. <laughs> it, and becomes a Taoist, right? <laughs> and, so, of course, there's a school of uh, Buddhism that, that really resonates with that, you know, the Chan or the Zen school, yeah. which is kind of a blend of both. Right, yeah, it's kind of a happy medium. Yes, but so that was, that was my response. And then also I said, you know, whereas the Buddhist is trying to smash and destroy the ego, the Taoist, you know, knows when to apply the ego and when to not, you know. Yeah, it's been said that there's, there's room for all things within the Tao. <laughs> yeah. As appropriate, in balance, the right place, at the right time, in the right way, with the right mind. Yes, <laughs> yes. But that takes a great inner knowing. Mm -hmm. It takes trust. And, and in fact, that was the last line of that chapter where he said, he who does not trust enough will not be trusted. Mm. Mm. That's good. <laughs> so sourcing from one's inner nature in harmony with the Tao leads to Wu Wei, perfect functioning and balance, which means, of course, it can be trusted. Right. Yeah. It's the natural order. It's the natural order. Yeah, you can kind of... So let, let forever be in a certain way, and let you know. You know, I was, uh, I was that very first line to talk little is natural, got me thinking about an exercise that people could might want to practice periodically, mm -hmm. just to kind of, you know, absorb that lesson into one's life. Mm -hmm. Because I think that here, especially in the West, you know, we're conditioned to talk, talk, talk all the time. You know, we're uncomfortable with empty space, and we, and if we're really attached to our ego. Of course, we want our way, our perspective uh, to prevail. Right. And so the second someone else begins to say something, we jump in and say, well, but what about this or what about that? And, or I would do it this way or I see it that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, we haven't created the space for the person to really express themselves. Yeah. And so an exercise, a little Taoist exercise is practice really listening to others ah. without talking so much, without planning what you want to say in response. 
Just listen, maybe ask some gentle, open-ended questions to help the speaker expand on their communications and clarify what they want to say even more. But just practicing being a really good listener will change how other people experience you and how you experience your relationships with others. Mm. I think it will lead to a state of, as he mentioned at the end, trust. Trust. Because if if someone doesn't can't really listen to you, how can you trust them? Yeah. They don't know you. Right. <laughs> they don't know and instead they're kind of pushing their own agenda. Right. You can't trust them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Well, it's like the person that, you know, you're talking to sometimes and you see them looking over your shoulder. <laughs> right. You know, they kind of... Or, of course, these days, probably looking at their phone. <laughs> yes. I felt bad. I was looking at... I was looking at... I had the Tao Te Ching on my phone, and you are speaking, and I wanted to follow... Well, at least you're looking at the Tao Te Ching. Yeah. At least it's spiritually relevant. <laughs> I thought Dr. Cross going to think I'm texting somebody. Real quick, one last point here. Uh, I was... You know, looking at this uh, chapter, and I I looked at this, and then I also was looking at Derek Lynn's translation, mm-hmm. who run who, out here in El Monte, not mm-hmm. too far from here. Yes, and the, the interesting thing is he had a slightly different takeaway on that was a bit different from the Fang English translation, which we always look at, which is so lyrical and you know. Mm-hmm. And his is kind of a little more because I guess his is re- I guess he translated from from Chinese on, on his perspective, and there's part where it says, uh, "Those who follow virtue are with virtue, and those who follow loss are with loss." Versus, when you are at one with virtue, the virtue is there; when you're at one with loss, the loss is experienced willingly. And it's funny, Derek Lynn's takeaway was that kind of like our focus determines our reality in a certain way that if you're always thinking almost like a law of attraction thing where if you're always thinking mm-hmm. about loss and you're mm-hmm. thinking about kind of negative things then you are going to kind of live that you know if you have yes. negative thinking all the time you're only yes. going to see the negative parts of yes. the world absolutely and he kind of took it away as that way and, and it kind of works and if you are at those who follow virtue or with virtue if you think about virtuous things or your focus mm-hmm. is on virtue mm-hmm. then you are with mm-hmm. virtue so it might actually be the same thing. I think it is. Um, it sounds the same to me. Yeah. You know, in fact, one of the, in, in, when I, as a psychologist, one of the things I always do, you know, people, of course, come to see a psychologist, not usually when they're feeling fabulous and wonderful about their life, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> now, yeah. I, I wish more would come like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have a great time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they typically are coming when they've experienced some loss or some trauma or some something lacking, you might say. And, and, and I think a lot of uh, Western psychology delves with jumping into analyzing and interpreting and finding out as much as possible about the loss. Right. I come from a different perspective, and I begin to try to educate people about balance and wholeness and, and how is it possible to really... Now, everybody, of course, wants to move from loss to gain, you might say, Mm -hmm. but how is it possible if all we're doing is talking about and analyzing and interpreting loss, how are we going to get to gain? How are we going to get to a life that's working and happy and and balanced and 
positive and creative and loving and happy and all of that. Yeah. And so what I try to do is to teach people how to attain these other virtues, if you will, first. And then once that has been accomplished, we can go back and make any correctives we need with what brought them in in the first place. Right. So I always try to build them first because then I think it's, it's much easier when you're on that higher uh, platform to progress rather than to spend too much time just uh, in, in, the, in, in the pond <laughs> down right. there swimming in the loss and because uh, that can go on literally for years. Right. Oh, literally. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally. There's forms of therapy where people go four to five days a week for seven or eight years dealing with that. Wow. Uh, that's a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be cynical. In the world of advertising, which I've been in many times, mm-hmm. when we are trying to convince people how to uh, to buy a product or whatever, there's always say you always focus on the after, not the before. Mm-hmm. Imagine a clean floor, mm-hmm. not look at your dirty floor. Right, right. That is your floor yes. dirty. Mm-hmm. Would you like your floor to be clean? Exactly, exactly. Don't uh, don't t- <laughs> I have a, on a post-it I've written. Don't tell me about your grass seed. Tell me about my lawn. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's exactly. the Tao of advertising. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we call positive psychology, by the way. It's yeah. The whole field now. I mean, they have literature and conferences and everything about taking this positive approach to looking at the human process. Right. I like it. Mm-hmm.